this is the Corner to Calm podcast. In 2017, I realized my personal life was completely at odds with my professional life. I am now on a journey to speak with entrepreneurs, community leaders, and beyond to discover what motivated them to make the change, what motivated them to move from corporate to calm. Hey there, you are very welcome to today's episode of Corporate to Calm. Today I'm speaking to Fiona Walsh from Imagine Coaching. Fiona has very recently taken the leap from Corporate to Calm and I hope you enjoy her journey. Hi Fiona, how are you? I'm very well, thanks Linda. Thank you so much for coming on the Corporate to Calm podcast, I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, thanks for inviting me. No problem, no problem. Tell me about your career so far tell me about your journey to the wonderful imagine coaching right where do i start <laughs> at the beginning i suppose at the beginning um, yeah i studied chemistry at university oh i didn't know that way i did so i'm a scientist and i had a couple of jobs in the uk yeah, in, the, in the midlands in birmingham and uh started working in the oil industry to start with for bp which then became mobile oil. And then I moved from them to automotive industry. That's quite strong in the Midlands and a very well paid job. I was doing QC work. It was uh, material science. So the strength of pulling, say, cloth off the doors, door panels and ceiling panels. Very important because you don't want your cloth hanging off when you're driving your car. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And just a really dead end job. And I went to my boss and said, uh, I don't actually have enough work to do. And on the third occasion, he told me that perhaps I should look for another job, which was um, quite soul destroying because it would taken me, um, I'd say, 18 months to get a job after college anyway, because there weren't many jobs around where I was living. And I had been in that job. I'd then moved to that job and been in that job for about three months. Well, I'd say for the the first week, I realized that things weren't going quite. It wasn't going to go the way it was meant to. (laughs) Yeah. Can you imagine? saying that to somebody perhaps you should go and find another job because there's not enough work for you to do imagine really I know create work um, create work for me (laughs) yeah absolutely yeah Yeah. and I had a clipboard and I was walking around the factory all day and people would say oh isn't it great you look like you you know look like you're really busy and I'd laugh and say yeah it's great and I was that's exactly what I was doing I was walking around just trying to look busy because I didn't have any work to do and after Mm -hmm. I was told to go and find another job I thought oh god uh, so that was the, the catalyst to move to Ireland. Yeah. So I located to Ireland or relocated to Ireland in 99 when the Celtic right. Tiger was uh, in full swing and didn't have a job. Just came over without a job. Um, and I had a permanent job, I'd say, within four weeks. Wow. And that was working for Iflame Cosmetics, where I was a formulation chemist. So I can, I I can practically see it from here. I know, yeah. <laughs> Just across the road from you. <laughs> And I used to develop uh, foundations and mascaras for them. And I used to. Is that what she did? Yeah. Yeah. So I was a formulation chemist in the lab, making up foundations and mascaras and a few. Oh, my God. And I used to subcontract all, well, not all, but uh, a lot of the colour products as well that weren't manufactured. So the colour, the products that a specialist manufacturer would make, like nail polishes, eyeshadows, uh, any kind of powder products wow. so most of my day would be testing nail polishes painting my nails which I used to love because I always had nice nails stop it oh my <laughs> god <laughs> and uh, doing trials to see if, they, if one performed better than the other you know they didn't chip as well and you know the, the wear was longer and getting people to fill out questionnaires and, yeah and then I used to travel around Europe um, 
when there was an issue with the first production batch. So the, the companies would make a small batch in the lab and they'd send it over to marketing. Marketing would say, yeah, that's what we want. But when they'd make that on a larger scale, they, they it would be a bit more difficult to get the colours right. And okay. as okay. a... I suppose a large scale then and as a customer we'd be saying you need more this this particular ingredient in which would be expensive so they'd be trying to say oh no no we can't put that in and you know there'd be a bit of sort of toing and froing so then I would go over to whatever factory and say right this is what you need to do you need to put more blue in you need to put more of that pearl in you need to do more of that and you'd have to look at uh, for the nail polishes you could paint them on your nails but eyeshadows and and, and those kind of pile of products you'd actually put them uh, on your forearm and then you'd sort of have them in different lights and you'd see how they how they look. So that's what I used to do, which was that's great. Mad. I enjoyed that. And did you, did you like it? I did. Yeah. 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 Lots of uh, lots of early starts from Dublin Airport. Yeah. And the red eyes. Around well, a, a great sense of community. That's what the impression I get of anybody that has yeah. worked in Oriflame. A wonderful sense of community in that that business. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it a great uh, great company. I worked with them for fifteen years, and that's how I got into training. Actually because I was asked to implement um, a system, it's called an ERP system, Enterprise Resource Planning System, to manage the formulation development work. So to capture all of the different recipes. So when you're doing development work, you would have one formula and you'd make that, see what it was like, see what you needed to change, then make another recipe. So it would be like the the transition or the capture of all of these different recipes. I was asked to implement that system or, or represent the lab to implement that system because I'd worked on my own development projects and subcontractor ones so I was in a good place to represent both sides of the business and I did that for about 18 months and part of that was training people how to use the new system Um, I think I did something like a one-day train the trainer course and came up with you know some training documentation but felt it could be better so being a lifelong learner I took myself off to um, DIT I think it was and did a diploma in IT teacher training and then the teacher that was doing that with me also did the Microsoft Office specialist exams. So I did those as well. And with those two qualifications, you become you can become certified by Microsoft to be a Microsoft master trainer. Wow. And I did a bit of intro in, in training internally with Oriflame. So teaching people how to use the Microsoft applications. And then I'd help them with PowerPoint in particular because people would have been going to international conferences to speak about research that the company had been doing because it's a research center and I'd maybe help them sort of tidy up their presentation a little bit and just make sure that it was you know looking good for representing the company yeah at a conference and then I I was made IT manager promoted to IT manager which did for a few years even though I don't have background in IT but that's bizarre I love that that's brilliant (laughs) oh my god like that's 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 huge I love that yeah I have to say it was uh, it was it was um it was offered to me it wasn't a job I went for it was offered to me which was yeah. very nice to to have something like that there were uh, about three guys working there at the time and in fairness they were very very good so it was you know there was a good team there to start with yeah you know it wasn't uh, I, I didn't need to have the expertise myself because they knew what was going on and they had the expertise um I did that role for about eight years. And then with everything going cloud-based, there were very few servers left in the building. So there wasn't really much to manage. Okay. And then I was made redundant. So that was the reason I was made redundant because there was nobody left to manage really, which made sense, you know. Yeah. Um, that's, that's kind of what the way 
things were going at the time where everybody has, you know, servers in one place and everything's cloud based. So I was made redundant and I nearly started my own training company then. But I didn't because I was in the middle of or had just started a master's degree in Smurfit. Okay. And that was innovation in IT. And it was pretty much very full on. Um, and I got pregnant shortly after being made redundant as well. So that, uh, that means that I definitely wasn't going to be starting my own business. <laughs> definitely wasn't the right time for me. <clears throat> and how did you feel after I made redundant? Like, were you, did you under, you understood obviously why, but I knew it was coming. Yeah, I knew it was coming because I could see what was happening because I was on the global IT team. It was a global company and I could just see, I could just read the lines. Yeah. You know what I mean? On the wall, read the writing on the wall for sure. So I knew it was coming. It's still, still a shock because it's, you know, it's, it's still where, how are you going to manage? How are you going to yeah. do this? How are you going to do the other? At the time, I had a two-year-old daughter and my husband had been made redundant two years before and he hadn't gone back to work. So I was the main earner and there was only one wage coming in. So, it, you know, it's not a nice, yeah, not a nice experience. Yeah. And, and there's definitely a sense of, I think, feeling a little bit, um, not, 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 not why me, but just feeling a bit, you know, sorry for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's yeah, a bit of a kick in the teeth because yeah, it's, you yeah. know, oh, I thought I was really, you know, I thought I was really uh, making a difference and all the rest of it. So there's definitely an element to that, I think. Pride, probably. What, what happened from there? I went full time with the master's because I was pregnant, um, which was challenging. And then my husband's from Cork. I was living in Wicklow at the time. And we decided that we would relocate to Cork. Wow. Big so, decision. Um, yep. Yeah. So I tried to get as much done in the master's. Uh, I had one more module left to do, but it was going to be, I had a semester off. It's three semesters and one of the semesters is, is in the summertime. And it's a week it's like a week course do you know what I mean it's just going five days and that's it so it's yeah. quite feasible then to travel up to do that so we um yeah moved down rented a house hadn't seen the house before put the, put our house up for sale um I didn't even see the house because I was heavily pregnant moved down when I was 30 weeks pregnant um my husband did get a job I, I found a job for him funnily enough <laughs> <laughs> I saw a job. I was like, that's the job for you. Look, you see who you know that know, that works in that company. And uh, he actually did. And he got the job, which is great. Um, so relocated down. My daughter was born in February. And then we all came up as a family and stopped in, uh, I think it was in Dorky. We stopped for, for a week in one of the hotel holiday um, homes there while, whilst I went off to uh, do, finish off my master's. I was breastfeeding, you see. That's so... Uh, there is nothing more multitasking than a pregnant woman and a new mum, I can tell you. Like, it's just it's amazing what we can do, isn't it? Is it? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and from there, you so did you stay in the same role until you started Imagine Coaching or was there any more? I didn't work for about three years. My daughter okay. had a minor health issue, which meant she didn't sleep. She basically had sleep apnea and and. I didn't go back to work until she was two years old. Okay. When I needed the break from the yes. cranky, cranky child. <laughs> a, a cup of coffee and a, a pee in peace. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so I went back. Uh, I was working part time and I was working for a uh, farmer, working in the farmer industry in QC, which was actually okay. great. It was a great role. role. I enjoyed it. Um, it was lovely to be able to work part time because then I could sort of put her into, into you know, childcare just for the mornings and, be there for my older daughter and pick her up from school. And Brilliant. That was great. It was actually uh, very convenient at the time. 
worked in the pharmaceutical industry for four years. Yeah. And after maybe 18 months, I was asked if I would take on a people management role. And part of the training on that, I was introduced to the concept of coaching, which I thought was really, really powerful. So mm-hmm. I went off being a lifelong learner, went off, got myself a, found myself a diploma in coaching. Lord. <laughs> I've got diplomas coming out of my ears. <laughs> So I went off and did a diploma in executive life coaching, which I absolutely loved. And I suppose that made me realize that I had more to offer mm-hmm. and that I wanted to start my own business. My husband, he used to have his own business. Uh, he's working corporate now, but did run his own business for 20 years. And it was very, very supportive. So, you know, when I came home one day and said, I think I'll start a business doing something. He was like, yeah, go for it. You know, yeah, I'll give you all the support you need, which was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. So. I registered as a company in October 2019, thinking right. that I would be doing some form of coaching, like executive coaching, something like that. And I didn't really know what to do with myself, to be honest, like how to get business. And I found that, you know, I'd registered it because I suppose that's a big step, isn't it? Just you know, yeah. getting out there and, and actually yeah. saying, you know, I, I have a business, even if you haven't really done much. Um, so I was doing doing a little bit of sort of charity work here and there and then I did a local enterprise office start your own business course in January. And one of the things that was mentioned in, in my course was about doing charity work in, or doing a charity event. Yeah. Something like that in order to get, you know, publicity and get your name out there. So that night I decided that I would host a charity event for International Women's Day 2020, 8th of March. It was on a Sunday and it was going to be afternoon tea in a nice hotel in Cork, the Maryborough, so I knew the Maryborough Hotel very well, I knew the room it was going to be in, I said, like, that's the room we're going to have, afternoon tea, it's going to be really, really good, I'm going to get some of my coaching buddies, see if they'll do some motivational talks, which we all did, and a friend of mine plays the flute, so she was playing the flute as everybody arrived, it's brilliant, the event went really well, taught me lots, Yeah. I learned how to use Eventbrite, I learned how to uh, you know, it might sound a small thing, but when you have, you know, you've never used some of these tools yeah. before, or haven't organised an event before. It's not uh, experience that I had, so it was a bit of publicity. You know how to, you know, uh, start on Facebook. I mean, I had a Facebook account, but I didn't really use it much. Personal yeah. one, so I, I did start a business account, put the event up there. Was trying to get people, you know, trying to get people interested, trying to sell tickets. Um, Venice, the hotel, were fantastic because they. Because it was a Sunday, I suppose if it would have been a Saturday, it would have been a different thing because they you know, could have had other events yes. on. But being a Sunday, yeah, they yeah. said, we don't have any bookings, so you can, you know, we'll hold it for you and let us know last minute if it's going ahead or not. They were brilliant. I didn't have to pay in advance. Um, but on the on the day, we had 70 people turn up. The room was wow. full. Uh, made 2500 for Pieta House. Um, it was really, it was a brilliant event. People were all dressed up. They were drinking Prosecco and champagne and, you know, the bar was open and it was just brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Real buzz. Um, and that was sort of about what, five days before we went into lockdown. <laughs> that was the Sunday before. It was almost like a premonition. Everybody knew and they really went out for it. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's mad. That's mad. And w- where did the idea for imagine come from the the was that like is is imagine a, a result of what you thought the executive coaching was going to be was that where the idea come from yeah or? I think imagine it, it just the you know where, what could you do if you thought you know yes. you really think about it where could you go just think about what you could do so it's more that, that that's where the concept is yeah it came and, from you know imagine and tell me about I mean because for for 
our listeners that might not know know you tell me tell us where it evolved into because <laughs> executive coaching to where you are now it's, it's a I little know, bit different it is a bit different well I suppose this is the, the evolving story yeah so I went into lockdown then after this wonderful afternoon tea event which we were really on a high on which was brilliant because you know raising thinking there's going to be and, so many more I know, of them yeah <laughs> <laughs> and got my foot well it wasn't my first experience of public speaking but you know I hadn't done it for many years I have had done it a bit when I was in my 20s but it was a long time ago so it was great to be up there on a podium and yeah having, having an opportunity to do this public speaking bit again um so I was doing a bit of business coaching for somebody I was doing you know everybody was in lockdown people didn't yeah. know what was going on um so I was doing a bit of charity business coaching with somebody and it turned out at the end of the session that what they really needed help with was PowerPoint okay because they had it was a it was a hands-on therapist who had renovated a room in their house they'd spent a lot of money invested a lot of money trained to to trained in that particular therapy and had their room you know redone everything bought all the equipment etc etc hadn't got one client yet much like myself at the time didn't have any paying clients and they were trying to do webinars then or wanted to do a webinar go online do a webinar to try and you know get people in, interested and, and you know get people in, involved in, in what they were doing and, and moving online so at the end of the coaching session what the person came up with was that they needed help with powerpoint because they never used powerpoint so i said well look i'm a trainer i'm a qualified trainer so yeah. i can help you with that and no problem at all you know i mean that's what people were doing things for favors for people because yeah. they didn't have the skills themselves you know um she was like really would you and I said yeah absolutely I would it's, it's fine I built a really rapport with her and uh we, we, you know we keep in touch still now so I said yeah no problem at all so I did a session with her at a later date uh which she found very helpful and I thought oh maybe there's other people out there that might want some help with that so I decided to put on a public program on Facebook where I sold tickets for I don't know, 20 euro, 25 euro, something like that. Yeah. Again, because, you know, businesses didn't have the money and the uncertainty and everything. And I did a couple of courses and and sold, you know, sold a handful of tickets. I thought, oh, there's obviously a bit of an interest here. Yeah, yeah. And then I started posting a bit more on LinkedIn and I had a connection of mine contact me and say, oh, uh, I I actually need some help. Would you do some one-to-one training with me? Uh, But I need like a whole morning of it. So great. So it really went from there. So I sort of, you know, imagine coaching, I suppose the name came from that because I thought I would be doing pure coaching or coaching. And then I've gone back to do PowerPoint training. Yeah. So that's what I'm specializing in the PowerPoint side of things, as opposed to all Microsoft training. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, that's the thing. I know that you're a master trainer in in most things, Microsoft as well, of all all things, Microsoft and to focus. It's it's funny because obviously I'm out of the corporate world about five six years now at this stage and to think that people still need training in powerpoint and it's probably because it's evolving all the time as well yeah that yeah. it's 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 such it's and it's such a niche thing as well yeah i think people i think if you're a microsoft trainer and you train yeah. all of them you're probably doing a bit of powerpoint and you do know how to use it but i think there's more it's a bit more to it because yeah there's it's more like how to apply it as well, which I, I, I'm finding on some of the courses you might not pick up on. Yeah. So, for example, I'm, I'm doing a course in, uh, next month and it is it's a private course uh, as opposed to a public one. But it is how to create a video with PowerPoint. Right. So like using the slides and then exporting it as an MP4 file. 
So using bits of video clips, you know, how you create slides, how you do animation in it, and then a soundtrack as well. So how you put the audio in and have the audio playing across the slides and uh, um, fade the audio at the end, all that sort of thing. So that you, you end up with a video that you export as an MP4 file. Yeah. And that, that's the thing. It's always evolving. So there's always something new, new to teach. Um, yeah. If you had a, a top three tips for somebody using PowerPoint, really basic, what would you say to them? Now that's an interesting one, because I have a little thing that I'm, I'm working on at the moment. and It's like three pillars. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so this would be uh, this would be really, really important for me. I think to start with, it's the people. So when I say about the people, it's your, your audience. Yeah. So who who is it you're presenting to? OK, so are you presenting? You could be in a one to one meeting with somebody. You know, you could be having a one to one. You could be uh, presenting at a conference where there's a thousand people. You could be in a meeting room where there's four or five people. So who are you presenting to? Um, the place. Is it online? Is it, on yeah. is it in, um, in person? Is it in that large conference room? Yeah. You know, is it in front of the screen that you're both looking at? OK, uh, so we've got people, we've got place and purpose. Yeah. So why are you presenting? Yeah. You know, and one of those questions is, do you need PowerPoint slides as well? You know, because. Yeah. <laughs> um, just because I'm a PowerPoint specialist doesn't mean to say I think you always need slides, by the way. Yeah. You do need to think of those three things. So and that's, and was, that's the thing. So many users will have different. I mean, less is more for some people. More is more for some people. So it is that there are three well, good guidelines. This is it. You see, I, I went to uh, um, oh, not a conference, but I went to a, a talk recently and it was in a large hotel and the slides are really, really detailed. And I wasn't sat at the back. I was sat at the middle and I couldn't see, couldn't read any of the detail in the slides. So that's why I'm saying think about these three things, because okay. if you're in conference room there's going to be a lot of people there and they're looking at a distance or from a distance at your slides so really you just want a couple of words on them yes and you want more visuals so more images a yeah. couple of words let's say if you were trying to um, get a con uh, get a concept across so for example um, if you use powerful imagery that supports your message your audience your audience's, um, let's get the words right, your audience's retention of the yes. message will go, will increase from 10% to 65%. Really? Okay, so for a slide like that, I would have some sort of image and 65%, and that's all I'd have on that slide. Yeah. And in big, 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 big 65, you know, big numbers, so that the people at the back can see, ah, oh, 65, and they'll get that. Whereas the other, or the other side of that, is you could be sending a PDF around to somebody. Perhaps it's a company update, project update, you're sending a PDF around. So if someone's going to open it through their email and look at it on their screen, we can put as much information and text in there as you want. Yeah. Because it's a different... A different audience. Sense. Yeah. A different audience. Yeah. They're looking at a different area. You know, it's a completely different purpose. And do you think that the t- past few years has helped you, that has given you the space to create well I don't I don't even think create it, it allow the business to evolve to where it has been definitely yeah definitely yeah definitely because uh, I was working up until April last year mm-hmm. and sort of building up the business until I um, got to a position where I was able to leave my employed role I actually moved house and that's what I was waiting for I needed to sign the paperwork and get the mortgage before get the mortgage <laughs> very important get the mortgage before I could have my notice in just in case um 
but yeah absolutely because the flexibility of working from home that allowed me to take client calls you know at any time during the day I mean I was still doing the hours I was supposed to be doing for my you know my, yes. role, my 20 hours but if somebody said to me oh can you do a call in the morning providing I didn't have anything on I would yeah so I would be working from uh, from home with two laptops open and I'd be like you know mostly working on that one but oh yeah don't forget you've got that meeting there <laughs> on that laptop <laughs> yeah multitasking at its best that's it uh, absolutely and um, what talking about multitasking then like what what do you do in your business life to make things easier for you like do you delegate any aspect of the business or do you do, do it all no don't do it all um I do I delegate things that I think are important to, you know, that are important that are done right. So, for mm-hmm. example, uh, I have somebody that writes my blog posts for me because I, I'm quite capable of doing it, but it takes me a long time. Yes. Okay. Okay. So to pay somebody else to do that, and I still do a few tweaks because I have to make sure it reads well because some of it's instructional, and I have to make sure that you can, you know, that that, that it reads well. Yeah. So I'll do, we'll do tweaks and I'll read it over. But for me to do it, it would just take me hours because I'm yeah. just a bit of a perfectionist. So that's one that I outsource. Um, I just started a newsletter recently and I've outsourced that as well. I don't want to get involved in. Yeah. <laughs> Some things you just don't want to learn, aren't there as well? Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not value adding for you to spend the time learning how to do that. And, and I think that's really interesting because I think a lot of entrepreneurs and people who start their own business, they covet the business and they want to control every aspect of it. And that's, it's really refreshing to hear that, no, I'm not, I would rather spend time doing something that is economically viable for my business rather than a copywriter could do it in an hour or two, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, that's been very valuable for me. I I was a bit nervous about it to start with, but um, I found somebody who, you know, seems to understand what I'm looking to do. And, you know, a lot of it might be, uh, it might not necessarily be my ideas, the blog post, but it could be, you know, instructional type writing, but I want it written in my style and that's yes. what she's able to do. Yeah, that's brilliant. And that's, yeah, that it, and the trust that's created to, to allow you to do that. Um, that's great. Is there any anything else that, that you've done? What Suppose, what have you done to make, create efficiencies in the business because I imagine are, are you quite efficient I, I have an impression that you're quite efficient Fiona <laughs> um well being, being a bit of a Microsoft person I, I do have quite a few spreadsheets I have to say so <laughs> um and I think yeah I think that was probably one of the first things I was already I already had a, a spreadsheet but finance financial spreadsheet setting that up well and also managing KPIs yeah that's very very powerful so I started looking at KPIs and some of them might be the revenue you get per customer okay because you kind of think oh yeah they're they're an important customer yeah and then when you start looking at it overall it's like actually they're not that important and you're actually getting more money from that customer and you know so I I look at I, I look at that on a monthly basis so who's you know where's the revenue coming from and what I'm getting revenue from, because I offer training, I offer some slide design work. Um, I'm doing Zoom producer work as well at the moment. So that is hosting Brilliant. Um, Zoom calls and running the polls and then that type yeah, of thing for, yeah. uh, you know, for people that are focusing on the presenting. Um, 
and it's really interesting to see where the money's come from yeah that's something that has been very powerful for me and I th- isn't that so interesting that who thought that somebody would be there to produce a zoom call three or four years ago I mean isn't it amazing how how things evolve and how and how flustered people can get not being able to control you know what I mean and you're you're there as backup and there there is a trust to go okay you fire ahead with the presentation I'm here to click all the right buttons at, at the right time and I think the thing is that when it's not you presenting or for me anyway but, but it's not me that's doing the presenting I'm not stressed at all yeah you know what I mean so if something yeah. happens I'm just like don't worry I'll fix it and yeah. you know it's fine it and, and you know you'll fix it yeah, exactly. Because I'm not saying it's not my meeting, so it's not important, but it's just been, you know, it's, uh, yeah, the, the pressure is taken off there. Love it. You know, just muting people or, or making sure that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's such an evolution. Your business is such an evolution. It's it's amazing from where it started out to, to where it is. Um, in the cor- your corporate life, and I suppose finding that balance between like being a mom and working and like what what would you say to you know mums who are considering like you know that return to work or starting their own business or any like do, do you have any tips for for because I mean it's it's such a crazy place but I, I think we are the best multitaskers would you have any tips for for mums it's interesting you saying that when I returned to work so I only worked for one year after my first maternity leave mm. full time and I found it so hard yeah. I just found I, I just had this real guilt going on. I just found it awful. My my daughter, actually my eldest daughter, was a fantastic sleeper. Yeah. So I'd go back to work and she'd be in bed in the morning. I would come home at half five and she'd go to bed at eight, six o'clock. So she'd sleep for thirteen hours. Yeah. Right. And I, I, I just found that absolutely awful. She'd only be up for a few hours each yeah. day. She had she was such a good sleeper. And I just found that really, really hard, I have yeah. to say. Um that's not really answering your question. No, <laughs> no, it's it, it 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 is absolutely because I mean, I suppose that's it's it's really just I mean, I think we're still navigating this the, the world and as mums and it's just it's it's so hard. Like you know, it's so it, it seems to be a theme running through um the podcasts for the last few months, and it's like um women's health and women's issues, and they all seem to be women's burdens I don't mean that children are a burden I don't mean that at all but the guilt and that's the burden do you know what I mean it's like and you know could could an employer do anything better to ease that guilt or to you know and, and now I think obviously over the past two years things have progressed and we're at home more and everything like that and you've obviously made the change to you've started your own business so you can balance that family life as well but I mean it does seem to be a woman's burden yeah it does yeah Yeah. I know I I completely agree and I do remember a sense of relief when I did get made redundant whilst there was a little bit of oh why me and a little bit of pride as yeah oh I'm not that you know I'm not that I I am uh, I'm not irreplaceable um then the other hand on the other hand it was like but then I'm going to be at home more yeah you know what I mean and and, and I must admit there was definitely a bit of relief as well to a certain extent I wasn't really traveling at that point so that was kind of fine I had a couple of business trips while I went back in a year after my maternity leave 
I wasn't traveling much because that would be really, really hard if there's still been a lot of travel involved. Um, but just the not seeing my daughter really because yeah. she, you know, it's literally I'd have gone out the door at half seven and I'd been back at sort of five, yeah. half five and it would be making dinner and putting me to bed. And that was, you know, it's yeah. just yeah, so very, hard, so yeah. hard. So I think that's definitely one of the benefits of having your own business, just that flexibility. Yeah. I love that flexibility of um, like my, my one daughter is, is um, she got sent home for school yesterday because she had a cold. We didn't want her in the class. <laughs> so she's here as well today. But, you know, it's just great because it's not an inconvenience. And, yes. You know, you're not you're not scrambling to find somebody yeah. to maybe collect her or you're scrambling to rearrange a meeting or, you know, it's it's yeah, yeah it is that it, it is that um, that yeah, solace yeah. as well. Yeah, absolutely. And just being able to. I think for me as well, one of the things that I wanted to be able to do was meet people. And I don't necessarily mean, you know, friends as such, but just to meet people for coffee, you know, like other business women and, you know, and connect with people. And I think that is, is really important for me to be able to have that time to, to meet with someone every so often, you know, or try and get a couple of in-person meetings for coffee, yeah. um, you know. And, every month just try and go out there and, and meet people and yeah just, and really, really I suppose cool. create create a sense of um community as well isn't it like you know because yeah. the, I mean I think you can get as an entrepreneur as a solopreneur as somebody who's sitting at home in their house running their business it can be a lonely place as well can't it yeah it can yeah definitely yeah and I uh, think um just one other thing to mention then we were just kind of talking about this earlier before we started um I'd said how bad a month January was yeah I had a bit a few clients booked and they all sort of cancelled <laughs> or just disappeared off the radar in January and January was a really really poor financial month for me and I really focused on reaching out to people having one-to-ones yeah. not necessarily with people I knew but just you know maybe somebody would comment on a post on LinkedIn or I'd seen somebody looked at my profile and I got in touch with people and said oh you know do you want to do you want to have a you know an online coffee and it just the, the dividends yeah were huge from doing yeah. that I think I had yeah. 22 because this is one of my KPIs how many one-to-ones I have I think I had 22 one-to-ones I love in January <laughs> got to know I love numbers. it um, and it's it's so because it's so funny because it's everything kind of ties up I literally I spoke to somebody and they're talking about that asking somebody for a coffee it's very few people who are going to refuse a coffee yeah exactly yeah I know yeah and it's once we get over our fears of asking or you know if you have any fears of asking like it's it's very unusual to be told no yeah and it wasn't even we we weren't even talking work work I mean yeah two of the people were in Wicklow where I used to live and I said you're in Wicklow we should have a chat and so you know and, and it turned out we didn't actually know we knew any people but I now know that we did we do know people yeah <laughs> you know we do have mutual connections and I'm like well we must you know we must have bumped into each other somewhere you know we, we weren't chatting about work we were just chatting about anything as other yeah, business owners yeah. you know and it's that creation I mean that it's just connection is just so important like that's yeah. the thing and, and you've talked about your networking and everything like that it is it's crucial yeah. it's crucial yeah. for for your mental health as well I think yeah. more than that yeah. So I think that when you're talking about um, when you're talking about any tips for anybody thinking of starting a business, I think that would be my biggest thing in yeah. networking. Yeah. And also I, I had a really um, what would the word be? Um, yeah. Limiting belief, self-limiting belief that right. I didn't know many people. Yes. Right? Because I'm not from Ireland. 
and I'd only been in Cork for a certain amount of time, so I didn't grow up in Cork, and I had a self-limiting belief that I don't know many people, so I, you know, I, I won't do very well in business. And I've now got over that yeah. <laughs> self-limiting belief yeah. because I do know loads of people. Um, but yeah, I just think it's a, you, the, the power of networking is huge. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's definitely, yeah, def- definitely one of the, the biggest pieces of advice that I would give to anybody thinking of starting a business. It's, you know, who, who do you, who do you know? What networks can you join? You know, who can you get support from? Get support from your family and friends, get them to, you know, help you with your, like your social media posts, yeah. whatever that might be. Comment absolutely. On you know um and, and network 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 um what about um switching off for you what do you do for you i love walking yeah so in my uh, in my lovely new home now because i moved in january last year i go out for a walk in the countryside and that really helps me switch off um and there's a lovely swimming pool close to where i live as well so in the winter Fantastic. I swim at half six in the morning yeah, which is really great. Yeah. So proper swim. I'll do a one and a half K in the morning. Just Brilliant. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I'd imagine, do you have a mission statement? Do you have something that, or not even an imagine in your personal life? Do you have a mantra? Do you have something that you say to yourself or you say to your clients? Uh, I think my, my business mission statement would be helping businesses to present themselves better. Very good. Because it's not just about creating slides. It's also about when you're actually presenting with them as well. And I think that's the part that's missing. You know, there's training telling you this is how you present slides. Uh, Sorry, this is how you create slides. But I think there's another part to it. And that's something that I'm focusing on. So it's how to present well with Zoom and some of the tools you can use. Same with MS Teams. I find there's a lot of people don't really know about the functionality in MS Teams when they're presenting. Um, tools like PowerPoint Live, which I have found very few people that know about PowerPoint yeah. Live. Yeah. Um, and just some, yeah, like I say, some of the tools in Zoom, like annotations, you know, you can annotate stuff that you've got. It doesn't have to be a slide. It can be anything that you, you know, you're sharing. You can start yeah. annotating on the screen and, you know, just little things like that to make it more interesting and more engaging for your audience. And then using some of the polling tools as well that you can integrate into your slides if you use the PowerPoint to try and get audience engagement. That's it. And tell me, what has been your proudest moment since the launch of Imagine? Probably working with, uh, I have a client at the moment. Uh, it's a skill net and um, I, I've launched two courses with them. And this is just last week, actually. So I suppose it's uh, front of mind. Yeah. Uh, and they had one company ring up and said, we'll book all the places on that course and that course. Stop. So, it's, so rather than being a public course with that skill net, it's now a private course with one of their members. Two private courses because they're two different topics. That's mad. So I now need to start doing those as group training courses because obviously there's demand. <laughs> That's crazy. That's brilliant. That's so, um, it, it must be so um I suppose empowering but so you know it's it's satisfaction that yeah. what you're doing is it's it's something that people need yeah. and want yeah yeah definitely and motivating yeah. as well so it's sort of motivated me to think that I need to start running the one course in particular I've run it for other businesses and other groups and I need to start doing it as a offering for myself absolutely absolutely you know, where, where, where individuals can pay to go on that. and actually a good segue into have you anything in the pipeline have you any any 
thing coming up for for the business I do I one of these courses that I'm just uh, referenced there I want to do that as an online course as in pre-recorded online so that I need to get that would be amazing start um, yeah start offering that so that people can buy that and watch at their leisure yeah yeah excellent excellent and um, tell me something not a lot of people will know about you Ooh, um, I failed my A-levels which was my equivalent of leaving cert stop it I did there you go complete not just you know I don't mean I mean like use on classifieds completely failed yeah I stopped on at school. So in the UK, you can stop on at school or you can go to a sixth form college, which is yeah. like from age 16 onwards. And I stayed on at school and I just don't think the environment suited me. So I just gave up, really. But um, then after a couple of months after failing, I went back to a sixth form college and I couldn't retake. I was doing um, physics, chemistry and maths. We only do three subjects in the UK. I couldn't do the chemistry and the physics because they were practical and I'd missed out too much. I think I went back in January. So from January to May, I reset my maths A level and I got passed for that. But I got mostly A's in my equivalent, my GCSEs, which is equivalent to junior cert. And that's how I got into college to study chemistry because I got straight A's for chemistry throughout the year. So That is bizarre and such, such a good lesson for anybody taking exams and worrying about exams that there is other avenues into where you want to go. There are. And funnily enough, because I did the did the maths A level, that would have been a two year program, and I did it in like four months because I had to catch up. And wow! So I did that and, and passed it. Now I didn't, you know, I didn't. I got a D, so it wasn't the best grade, but nevertheless, I you did it. Pass. Yeah, still a pass. And when I applied for university, I had an interview with them, and they wanted to see my other grades as well, which was fine. And they basically said, you know, they just wanted to know what happened. So I was just honest and said, well, I just don't think the school suited me, and I kind of gave up. And then I realised oh hang on made a mistake and then I went back and started in the January and took the, the 1A level in May or June whichever and uh, I just think being honest and to be honest I have never failed an exam since I've always put my absolute all into it amazing got good result, results so you just you know just the learning environment I don't think yeah it suited me yeah and that's and and yeah I know I just said that, but that that is huge because I actually just spoke to um an 18 year old and she's just kind of given up on the leave insert and it's I was trying to say to her it's not the be all and the end all like you will find if you're passionate about something you will find yeah. a way to get to it yeah and I think in Ireland it's very much focused on you have to do your, your leave insert you yeah. have to do your leave insert. whereas in the UK it is different as well though because people finish school at 16 and a lot of people go on to do vocational type yeah. qualifications they don't you know like I think the percentage of people that do A-levels is certainly not as high as it would be in yeah. Ireland, you know what I mean? But there's other choices as well. Yeah, and I love the fact that you just said that that environment didn't suit my learning. Oh, I think I should and have that's... gone to a sixth-form college yeah. where you were, we were supposed to, they were quite strict about what you could wear and what you couldn't wear, yeah. you know what I mean? Whereas in college, they didn't really, you know, there were no no rules and it was up to you to learn. And I think I needed that it was up to me to learn rather than being told oh, to yeah brilliant don't like being told what to do Linda yeah well listen (laughs) I I think the best of us don't the best of us don't we've talked about networking but at Corporate Cam we're all about taking a risk to create your own happy happiness what advice would you give somebody making that pivotal uh, change in their lives 
we've, as I say, we have discussed networking. Have, would you have any other advice? In addition to the networking, rather than actually networking, but just asking people for, for their advice as to, yeah. you know, where they, where they can start and asking for help as well. Yeah. You know, using your network to ask for help. Yeah. You know, so rather than just saying, oh, I know loads of people, that's fine to know loads of people. You've got to know what to do with it. So you have to say, do you, you know, can you put me in contact with somebody from your L&D department? You know, can you do this? I think it's actually asking. Yeah. Going out there and asking. And I think we don't do that. I think, as, no, yeah, I don't think we do. We don't tend to do that at all. We tend to, you know, there's, there's the networking, but you've got to, you know, the, you're going to want to get something from the networking. And and I'm not saying you are networking with people because you want to get something from them. That's not yes. what I mean. But, yes. you know, at some point you're networking, you know, somebody and, you know, what's the harm in saying, you know, could you put me in touch with somebody from that department, please? Or could you put me in some touch with yeah. somebody in that company, please? Because, if, you know, if they know you, of course, they'll do that. They're not going to turn around and say, oh, no, I couldn't possibly do that. I just think we, we're not in the habit of asking. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, so absolutely. It's more how you're using your network, not just networking. And I don't mean using, using because... Yes, I know. I, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Whenever that... I go into a networking call, I'm always thinking, right, who can I put that person in touch with? Yes, what, you know, what and it's, it's mutually ben- beneficial. Absolutely. Yeah, it's not about oh, I'm trying to sell you, you know, I'm, I'm never trying to sell to anybody when I go into a call with them. I'm just trying to find out who they are, what they do. Yeah. You know. And I think I think are, people yeah. are savvy to that anyway. I mean, if yeah. people think no, that you're trying to sell yeah. to them, they'll cut you off straight away anyway. Isn't yeah, that exactly. it? You yeah, to... you'd be like, yeah. yeah, I think it's it's about being your authentic self as well. And, you know, yeah, yeah and, and your personality. Yeah, definitely. Because people buy from people. So they buy from you because they like you if, if they are going to buy from you. Yeah. Hundred percent. So um every episode I have my quick fire round for you, Fiona. Um very, very harmless, very, very um uh, very quick. Um tea or coffee? Tea. Learning or teaching? <gasps> oh, that's a tough one. Oh, that's a really tough one for tough you. One. Yes. After what I've just said, yes. Oh, I'm gonna have to go for teaching, really. <laughs> good, good, good. Uh, sweet or savory? sweet swimming or walking swimming oh very definite there uh beer or bubbles bubbles don't like beer. A, a podcast or a book a book old-fashioned yeah listen i think <laughs> a lot a lot of us like the books i'm i'm all into my audiobooks at the moment though as well at uh, cork or wicklow <gasps> i have to say cork now oh have to say um, cork I'm, I'm outnumbered because <laughs> i've got a cork husband and one cork daughter and one wicklow daughter and i'm i'm from neither <laughs> um a massage or a facial Ooh, facial winter or summer summer and corporate gigs or online programs online programs online programs yeah. uh, is there anything else that you'd like to share uh not really no um it's been a pleasure talking. I've really enjoyed it. It's been really nice, Linda. Thank you. It's been great. Where can people find you? Best place to find me is on LinkedIn. So if you search for Fiona Walsh on LinkedIn and you will find Do me. you have a website? The website is www.imaginecoaching.ie. That's great. And I also have, actually, I should have said when you had said, I've anything to add. Yes, I do. I've launched my YouTube channel recently. Yes, 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 yes. Tell me the YouTube channel. Uh, it's, is it Imagine? Is it Fiona? What? 
um, I have to get 100 subscribers before I can customize the URL. So, okay. So, yes, I know it's a bit, a bit annoying. It is Imagine Coaching, but I'm not quite sure what the URL is because of the moment. Okay, random, there, random every, everybody subscribe to yeah, um, subscribe, Fiona's subscribe. YouTube channel. Actually, Fiona, if you send me that link, I'll put it in the show notes. For Fantastic. It. Yeah. Uh, so there you will see a collection of all my short demo videos showing you Brilliant. with PowerPoint, basically. So Excellent. Love it. Love it. That's fantastic. Fiona, thank you so much for coming on the Corporate Camp podcast. Thank you for having me, Linda. It was lovely chatting. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Corporate Camp podcast. Please subscribe, leave a nice review, or simply come back and listen to us next time. I'm Linda Monaghan, motivating you to make that leap from corporate to camp.